The following story is certified grim for adult themes, extreme violence and potentially unsettling scenes and may not be suitable for all listeners. Hello there and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes and with me on this journey is my co-host Mr Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. Fitch's Bird. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a Grim Reading. There was once a wizard who used to take the form of a poor man <laughs> and went to houses and begged and caught pretty girls. Sorry! Whoa! I love that opening sentence. I. I I'm a, I make bold proclamations a lot. Yeah. That is one of the best opening sentences we've ever had. As a wizard, he goes to people's houses and begs and catches pretty girls. The end. <laughs> that in of itself is a story. Mm. I love it. <laughs> I love it already. Easy customer. I like it. Right. No one knew where he carried them. For they were never seen again. Oh no, this is taking a real dark turn. One day, the wizard appeared before the door of a man who had three pretty daughters. He looked like a poor, weak beggar and carried a basket on his back, as if he meant to collect charitable gifts in it. He begged for a little food, and when the eldest daughter came out and was just handing him a piece of bread, he barely touched her and she was forced to jump into his basket. Oh, he uses his wizard magic. Mm. Oh no. (laughs) Then he hurried away with long strides and carried her away. (laughs) I'm just imagining that run. (laughs) And carried her away into a dark forest to his house, which stood in the midst of it. Everything in the house was magnificent. He gave her whatever she could possibly desire and said, My darling, you will certainly be happy with me, for you have everything your heart can wish for. So she's in this incredible house, okay. just having everything she wants. So it seems all right. Seems all right. Yeah. Is there like a room full of girls that look just like her or something really creepy? This lasted a few days. Okay. And then he said, I must journey forth and leave you alone for a short time. Mm-hmm. There are the keys of the house. You may go everywhere and look at everything except one room. Oh, d- which this little key here opens. And I forbid you to go there on pain of death. He likewise gave her an egg. <laughs> yeah, just, just, to, just in case you get hungry while s- I'm gone. And said, preserve the egg carefully for me and carry it continually about with you for a great misfortune would arise from the loss of it. So he said, There's, yeah. you can go anywhere you like in the house except, except this room, which this key opens, by the way. And it's pain of death. You go in that. Plus, plus by the way, here's an egg protect it with your life yeah basically and she's like yeah fair enough see you later yeah you know normal stuff yeah normal stuff i'm just out now hun uh take care of this egg or you'll die <laughs> okay see you see you shortly <laughs> <laughs> yeah no 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 problem see ya okay right she took the keys and the egg and promised to obey him in everything when he was gone she went all around the house from the top to the bottom and examined everything why the, Because, Adam, the rooms shone with silver and gold, and she thought she had never seen such great splendor. Wow. It's an amazing place. This is great. 
At length, though, she came to the forbidden door. She wished to pass by it, but curiosity let her have no rest. Yes. She examined the key. It looked just like any other. She put it in the keyhole and turned it a little. And then the door sprang open. But what did she see when she went in? A great bloody basin stood in the middle of the room. <laughs> and therein lay human beings, dead and hewn to pieces. No. And nearby was a block of wood and a gleaming axe lay upon it. What? Yeah. This is straight up horror film now. What the dickens? <laughs> the smile immediately vanished from your face. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. That's awful. She was so terribly alarmed that the egg which she held in her hand fell into the basin. Oh, wow. She got it out and washed the blood off, but in vain. It appeared again in a moment. She washed and scrubbed, but she could not get it out. So the egg fell in the bloody basin, and mm. she's trying to wash the blood off, but she can't. In one moment, she's yeah. done both things. Mm-hmm. Wizard's not going to be happy. <laughs> Old Dumbledore, yeah. It was not long before the man came back from his journey. And the first things which he asked for were the key and the egg. She gave them to him, but she trembled as she did so. And he saw at once by the red spots that she had been in the bloody chamber. Since you have gone into the room against my will, said he, you shall go back into it against your own. Your life is ended. He threw her down, dragged her there by the hair, cut her head off on oh. the block, oh. and hewed her in pieces so that her blood ran on the ground. Then he threw her into the basin with the rest. Whew, now I'll fetch myself a second, said the wizard. And again, he went to the house in the shape of a poor man and begged. And they <laughs> said, last time you were here, one of our daughters went missing. Go away and call in the police, right? But he looks like a harmless beggar. Mm, so, sure. And the second daughter answered the door and then she brought him a piece of bread. But he caught her like the first by simply touching her and carried her away. She did not fare any better than no. her sister. She allowed herself to be led away by her curiosity, opened the door of the bloody chamber, looked in, and had to atone for it with her life on the wizard's return. Then he went and brought the third sister, but she was clever and crafty. When he had given her the keys in the egg and had left her, she first put the egg away with great care, and then she examined the house, Smart. and at last went into the forbidden room. Smart. I'm amazed no one else thought of that. Well, they were forbidden to. He told them to carry it around with them uh, at all right. times. But she's seen through that, that little ruse. And she's opened the, the forbidden door. Uh-oh. Alas, what did she behold? Both her sisters lay there in the basin, cruelly murdered and cut in pieces. That's a bit upsetting. <laughs> Just a bit. What would you do in that moment? So you've walked in a room Break and you've seen completely have a, have a complete breakdown. Yeah. Possibly run for your yeah. life. Call the police. I'd probably call the police. Yeah. No. This girl, she began to gather their limbs together okay. and put them in order. Head, body, arms but and legs. Head, body, arms and legs, arms and legs. <laughs> and when nothing further was wanting, the limbs began to move and unite themselves together. And both the maidens opened their eyes and were once more alive. Really? Really? Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. <laughs> and then, they're not zombies, they're real, they're real they're back. life daughters. Wow. And they rejoiced and kissed and caressed each other. Okay, that's not necessary <laughs> at all. 
None of this is necessary. <laughs> None of this story is necessary. Oh, dear. On his arrival, the man at once demanded the keys and the egg. And as <laughs> this is so mental. <laughs> and as he could perceive no trace of any blood on it, he said, You have stood the test and shall be my bride. <laughs> so so the, from being yeah. smart, she yeah. gets the prize of being the mental wizard's bride. <laughs> it's not much of a prize, is it? the worst game show ever <laughs> but yeah so he doesn't know what's happened no. he thinks she hasn't uh, broken her promises to him yeah and now he said you're gonna be my bride <laughs> <laughs> and now he no longer had any power over her and was forced to do whatever she desired well, okay oh very well said she you shall first take a basket full of gold to my father and mother and carry it yourself on your back in the meantime i will prepare for the wedding then she ran to her sisters, whom she had hidden in a little chamber, and said, The moment has come where I can save you. The wretch shall carry you home again, but as soon as you're home, you must send help to me. She put both of them in a basket and covered them quite over with gold, so that nothing of them was to be seen. Why didn't she? <sighs> then she called in the wizard and said to him, Now carry the basket away, but I shall look through my little window and watch to see if you stop on the way to stand or to rest. And he's like, Yes. <laughs> So you see what's happening, right? She's put her sisters in the basket, yeah. said, take this basket full of golds back to my parents' house. Why doesn't the she, she follow him or something? I'm nervous about her staying, basically. Mm. I'm really nervous. Mm -hmm. The wizard raised the basket on his back and went away with it. But it weighed him down so heavily that the perspiration streamed from his face. Then he sat down and wanted to rest for a while. Mm. But immediately one of the girls in the basket cried, I'm looking through my little window and I see that you're resting. Will you not go on at once? Oh, and she's pretend she's she's able to throw her voice back to the house. <laughs> yeah. That's clever. He thought it was his bride who yeah, was calling that to did. him. And he got up on his legs again. Once more he was going to sit down, but instantly she cried, I'm looking at you through my little window and I see that you're resting. Will you not go on directly? <laughs> and whenever he stood still, she cried this. And then he was forced to go onwards until at last, groaning and out of breath, he took the basket with the gold and the two maidens into their parents' house. So those two are back home. Nice. They're safe. Excellent. <laughs> Carried by a sweaty wizard. Very clever uh, yeah, sister. Yeah, very clever. I'm just worried about her. Mm, well, at home, however, the bride prepared the marriage feast and sent invitations to the friends of the wizard. What is her game here? So she's bringing more wizards along. So she, she just quickly wrote these letters, sent them okay. out. Then she took a skull with grinning teeth, put some ornaments on it and a wreath of flowers, carried it upstairs to the attic window and let it look out from there. So she's decorated a skull and put it on the attic window looking out. Why? I'm guessing all will be revealed, but... When all was ready, she dipped into a barrel of honey and then cut the feather bed open and rolled herself in it <laughs> until she looked like a wondrous bird and no one could recognise her. This is the most insane thing. What is... What? She's cut open the bed and then rolled in it. And now she looks like a wondrous bird. Wow. I'm not just... I'm going to say this. Oh, yeah, I'm nervous. Imagine a woman... Okay. ...covered in honey sure. and feathers... Okay. Yeah. Does that look like a bird to you? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to look like a woman covered in head, uh, honey and feathers. <laughs> what is she doing? Is that a giant chicken? <laughs> like what? 
Okay, it's a bold move. It's a bold move, And isn't she's it? invited loads of wizards around. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is happening? She said to her sisters, don't worry, I got this covered. <laughs> really? It doesn't sound like such a great plan. <laughs> no, 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 it'll work. It'll work. So she's looking like the wondrous bird. Lovely. Then she went out of the house, and on her way, she met some of the wedding guests who asked. So these are the wizards coming along. Uh-huh. Oh, Fowler's Fowl, how come you here? I come from Fitz the Fowler's house quite near. And what may the young bride be doing? From cellar to garret she's swept all clean. And now from the window she's peeping, I ween. <laughs> what? What? Uh, what? <laughs> Shall I carry on? Yeah. Or are we all right? We'll okay. come back to that right. for sure. <laughs> At last, she met the bridegroom who was coming slowly back, the wizard man. Uh-huh. He, like the others, asked, Oh, Fowler's Fowl, how come you here? I come from Fitz the Fowler's house quite near. And what may the young bride be doing? From cellar to garret she swept all clean, and now from the window she's peeping, I ween. <laughs> the bridegroom looked up, saw the decked-out skull, thought it was his bride, and nodded to her, greeting her kindly. <laughs> Do you see what's happened? So yeah. they think the skull in the window yeah, is her. Yeah. But when he and his guests had all gone into the house... The brothers and kinsmen of the bride who had been sent there to rescue her arrived. They locked all the doors of the house that no one might escape, set fire to it. What? And the wizard and all his crew had to burn. What? The end. An incredible story. I honestly, mm. that's one of the weirdest. Wacky, you know, I love the weird ones. I know you love a weird I one. I love a weird one, and that was a weird one. That was a really weird, really one. weird, really one. weird and vicious one. Unbelievable. We haven't had anything quite so brutal in a long time. You're right. Yeah. I think probably not since the Juniper Tree have we had anything yeah. quite that macabre. All of series two was pretty yeah. tame. Yeah. I don't think we had any no. certified grooms. Maybe one or Maybe. two. But nothing... Nothing like that. No, no. hacking people to pieces. No. Intense stuff, it's, isn't it? It's insane. It's hard to kind of find a way into yeah. it. Yeah. There's so much going on. Well, shall I give you a hand? Okay. First of all, should we think about Fitcher? Right. Fitcher's bird. Fitcher's bird. And there was an AKA for this story, Fowler's Fowl. AKA Fowler's Fowl. Now, yeah. okay. Right. So fowl being a bird? Yeah. Fowler being someone who looks after birds, maybe? Or? Yeah, I think so. In the book we read from, yeah, which is a late Victorian translation, the story is called Fowler's Fowl. Yeah. But Fitch's bird is how it's more commonly known as. That's how it's translated, mm -hmm. mostly. And that's because in German it's called Fitch's bird. It's called Fitch's Vogel. So to the direct right. translation is Fitch's bird. In ours, it said, the, the rhyme said, fits the fowler, when yeah. they were doing that rhyme. But actually, it should be Fitcher. But then, it, so is the Fitcher not translated? It's like Fitcher no. in German, Fitcher in English. Sort of. No. Well, others have thought about this before you, Adam. Mm. 
The Grimm's also looked into this, the word Fitcher. Yeah. Because I, I don't think it's, it's not a name, it's not a German word. Mm-hmm. And the Grimm's believed it was from Icelandic. <gasps> wow. The Icelandic Fitgefugler, which translates to swimming bird, will help to explain the name Fitcher's bird. So they've written this in their notes on the story of Fitcher's bird. Right. They think it's a translation of Fitkefuldla, which is swimming bird in Icelandic. Wow, and also a brilliant cigarette song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but more recently, it's been speculated that Fitcher derives from the German word Feder, which means wings, or Fitch, which means feathers. So is there like a common linguistic ancestry there where it's like, you know where it's like lots of things related to the same thing, yeah. feather, wing, it's all got a similar yeah. etymology or I don't know. We're, we're not really sure, I think, but okay. it's basically it's got something to do with birds. Yes. But actually, that doesn't make sense anyway, that Fitcher is to do with a bird, because why is the wizard called Fitcher? Because she's the bird. <laughs> she, she makes herself look like the yeah. bird. I don't understand that because right. I thought she was suggesting she was from a different house. Yeah. Because otherwise she'd meet him and she'd be like, I'm f- the Fitch's bird. And he's like, yeah. I don't have a bird. What are you talking about? Like, exactly, Adam. Right. Let's go through this. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to get my head around it as well. <laughs> so let's actually look at the rhyme. So the one I just read you, the story I read you, the rhyme at the end says, fits the fowler rather than Fitcher. If and I that's re- from, whose translation was that? Margaret Hunt right. in the late 1800s. Yeah. However, if we read a translation of the original Brothers Grimm version, we can kind of start to dissect it a bit better. So it'll have the name Fitcher. Are you ready for this? So this yeah. is another translation. Where are you coming from, O Fitcher's bird? From Fitz Fitcher's house, haven't you heard? So this is the wizard guest, right? They're saying, oh, look, there's a bird here. Where are you coming from, Fitcher's bird? Yeah. Therefore... They already know know. the bird belongs to Fitcher. Yeah. And what may the young bride be doing there? So they definitely know she's come from Fitcher's house because they're going there to meet the bride. Yeah. She swept the whole house from top to bottom. Just now she's looking straight out of the window. Oh, I was hoping that would rhyme. Bit less poetic. Yeah. So they immediately know the bird comes from the wizard house. Yeah. How do they know that? Don't really know. Very odd. But then she meets the wizard himself. Where are you coming from, O Fitch's bird? So the wizard knows that the bird's coming from his own house. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. And then she says, from Fitz Fitch's house, haven't you heard? Meaning your house. Yeah, and he's like, fair enough. Even though he knows he doesn't have a bird. (laughs) And he says, what may the young bride be doing there? Oh, she's just swept the whole house from top to bottom. Just now, she's looking straight out of the window. So she says, I'm your bird and I come from your house. Yeah. What? It makes no sense. It makes zero sense. It makes no sense at all. And that confused me at the time when you said it. And I thought, what? No one's ever mentioned the name Fitcher until that point either. Or the ownership of a bird. It doesn't make sense. Is it some weird circular thing where it's like, and then he's like, oh, you're the bird that lays the egg that I give to my (gasps) victims. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's been expanded. Yes. But then she doesn't lay eggs because she's a human woman. No, I know. Uh-huh. But is there something there with the bird and the egg and all of that? Well. What came first, the 
well. Fitch's bird or the egg. So there's so much weird stuff going on. So much. Which leaves, you know, the door wide open for all sorts of interpretations. Yeah. Because nothing's very clear. You're going to give me some theories? Well, I'll get just a couple. Yeah, go for <laughs> it. Let's try and go a bit beneath the surface. Let's do so, it. So, sexual symbolism. Okay. I know this is your favourite area. <laughs> yes, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> Fairly uh, on the nose, this. There's a forbidden room. Mm-hmm. That she enters when she's about to get married. She drops her egg, which gets bloody, and mm. discovers the horrible truth. It's a really yeah. dark way yeah. to look at having your period and reaching sexual maturity. Yeah, I think... I actually... That hadn't actually dawned on me, but that's quite... Feel, when you put it like that, it feels quite blatant. If that were in a novel yeah. or a film... You'd be like, that ma- metaphor is so, so like, nose, yeah. so on the nose. Yeah. It's just cringe. Uh, yeah. And that makes me think that possibly that is yeah. what's going on here. And then how do you factor in the reanimation of her sisters yeah. and smearing in honey? Well, alternatively, it could be about an abusive, jealous husband, basically. Mm-hmm. In the same way that Thousand Furs was cryptically about abuse. Yes. This one might also be a story women tell each other about abusive men. Right. And about overcoming them and freeing yourself. Exactly. A kind of form of therapy. You you hear this story as a way of kind of dealing with and processing these Mm -hmm. ugly situations. Maybe in the most abstract psychological way, in terms of the sisters, the bloody chamber is the room of your greatest fears. But you have to go in... And when you're there, it's not really so bad. It's not even real. She then puts back together her sisters and they come alive again. Face the things that scare you. Go into the dark places Mm -hmm. and you can make them better. As long as you don't drop the egg in the sink. As long as you don't drop your egg in the bloody basin. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, so by putting her sisters back together, she's kind of... And conquering the chamber of fears, she's kind of one control. She's one power. Yeah. It's quite an abstract way of looking at it, but... Yeah. What do you think about those interpretations, Adam? Well, I mean, the sexual one, actually, well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but when you said it, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, I say it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it makes <laughs> doesn't no, make no nothing sense. makes perfect sense. <laughs> but, yeah, the other one about conquering fears, I can kind of see that. Yeah. I also... My first reaction when you were reading the story to me, and you mentioned... Basically, he tells them, you can do whatever you want, go wherever you want, mm-hmm. there's one room you cannot go in. That immediately made me think of the biblical story in the Garden of Eden. Like, you've, I've given yeah. you the whole Garden of Eden, but there's <laughs> one tree mm-hmm. you cannot eat from. And, of course, that's mm-hmm. the one tree. That you, like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That felt like a biblical parallel. 100% know what you mean. Yeah. And not just the Bible as well. You've also got, in antiquity, Pandora's box. From right. Greek mythology. Opening, yeah. You have this weird theme of curious women. Yes. Being forbidden to do something and then doing it. Doing it, yeah. I'd love to talk about this. I'm so glad you brought it up. I'd love to talk about it. But we will have another curious woman story. I know for a fact. Oh, okay. So we can perhaps talk a bit more about Pandora and her box and Eve (laughs) in the Garden of Eden. Sure, let's do that. Later, because we've got got other fish to be frying tonight. Okay, what other fish we got? Fish's fish. <laughs> Fish's fish. 
we're getting so close to that delectable fish. But first of all, mm-hmm. I'd just like to make a parallel that you made in our last story in King Thrushbeard. Okay. So often I've seen that Fitch's bird, uh, people say, you know, it's a pretty good story to combat the idea of sexism in fairy tales. Mm-hmm. She is a badass, clever... Yeah heroine who burns alive the nasty man at the end and all his nasty friends presumably they're nasty nasty and saved her sisters so it's quite an empowering story yeah however do you remember in king thrushbid we talked about how a victory for a female hero is reverting to the status quo yes yeah that like the idea that there's no actual journey they go on from a to b it's just sort of goes there and back they start in one position go to a lower position and then then go back the happy ending is going back to where they were, whereas for a male hero, they often... They get to go on a quest and... And become a king or a yeah, prince or whatever. exactly. So although this story is quite empowering in some respects, or it looks great, you know, actually, when you put it in a bigger framework... Yeah. She's just back, back she's home just back to where with she her was. family. Yeah. Now, this story, Fitch's Bird, should remind you of another story we had quite a while back now. Mm, okay. Another story about a killer husband... Killer husband. The robber bridegroom. Yes. Do you remember? I do remember robber bridegroom. So, the robber bridegroom, really quick. Yeah. It's about a girl, sort of handsome, charming young man. It's like, oh, I'd like to marry you. Come visit me in my creepy house in the forest. Yeah. She goes. Yeah. Then there's like a bird on the wall that's like, turn back, young maiden. Oh, that's it. Then she uh, meets an old woman who hides her. Then her bridegroom comes back. With his, like, thief friends, with his like, gang. criminal gang, yeah. And they hack to death a girl. Oof. And then, with the help of the old woman, our heroine escapes. And then the heroine's brothers, eventually, at the, like, wedding feast, hack the robber bridegroom to death. So this is our second story of creepy, sinister serial killer husbands. Wow, yeah. So in terms of categorizing Fitch's bird as a as a fairy tale archetype in the the pantheon of fairy tales it's just one of many stories of serial killer husbands right yeah 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 in fact there are so many of these (laughs) kinds of stories don't tell me there's an ATU type killer husband (laughs) there are three ATU types types 955 311 312 okay we're going to go through them all one by one okay okay but for any new listeners or anyone who's forgotten could you, Adam, sum up what is the ATU system in like 10 seconds? Okay, uh, time's ticking. So it stands for Arne Thompson Uther. It's a system of classification of folk tales. Uh, Five ba- seconds. Oh, no, it's too much <laughs> pressure. Basically, uh, three seconds. The whole, all of the fairy... <laughs> this is not helping. <laughs> One second. really unhelpful. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> Pencils down. Okay. It, it basically subdivides all fairy tales into sort of known tropes, and then mm. those are then subdivided further. So, like, the further down the system, it gets more and more specific. And then you'll find all fairy tales across the world categorised under this. Sort of breaks them down into their constituent parts, yeah. and then you can compare different fairy tales exactly. from across the world. Yeah. yeah. So, as I said, there are three ATU types, separate ones, for s- sinister serial killer husbands. And each of which just has a slight tweak to the formula of the story. Yeah. Like The Robber Bridegroom, it's a slightly different tale. Yeah. But ultimately, it's about a creepy serial killer man. Yeah. 
So let's go through them one by one. So okay. the first type, <laughs> this is a welcome to a serial killer <laughs> grim reading. <laughs> the first type, 955, is called the robber bridegroom. Oh, wow. It's the name of the type. And there's more than just the robber bridegroom. There's loads. And in that episode, I, I read to you um, Mr. Fox, which is the English version of the robber oh, bridegroom. I remember. He wasn't a fox. He was not. <laughs> Big spoiler alert. <laughs> and Mr. Fox, the English version, was referenced in a Shakespeare play. Yeah. Much to do about nothing. So this type, 955, is the oldest type we can trace back through history because there's mentions of it in Shakespeare. Yeah. So it goes back at least to the 16th wow. century. Next type, ATU 311, the heroine rescues herself and her sisters. Oh, wow. Which includes Fitch's bird. Of course. So in this one, you have abduction by a, a monster or an ogre or a wizard. You have a forbidden chamber. You have the youngest sister rescues the older ones. Then you have the ogre or wizard mm -hmm. tricked into carrying his prisoners home. Oh, so they always do that neat little trick. And we've actually read another story that is type 311 already on Grim Reading. Does a sister save her other sisters in it? No, that's the difference. Right, because I was going to say, I do not remember yeah. that. So we've read another one. Apart from the sisters rescuing them, we've read another one. And it will be a big surprise. Hair's Bride? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you joking? I got it. What? Well, I was just thinking of a woman being married and I just... Yeah, that's it. I mean, I when I read that, I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> and I was like, no, I still don't get it. This must be a mistake. But actually, yeah. Yeah. It so kind she, of is. So she essentially gets abducted by a giant rabbit and then taken to a wedding yeah. where they force her in the kitchen to open the lids. And what does she do? She makes a straw doll of herself. That's right. I've forgotten. Yeah. That tricks the husband and then she leaves and goes back to her mum's house. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That that belongs with yeah. Fitch's bird. Yeah. That's but crazy. But it kind of makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I've never kind of felt the ATU type illustrated so well than yeah. thinking Fitch's bird and the hair's bride. Are totally different so. stories, but then there's, yeah. a, there's a similar DNA there. Finally, there's ATU type 312, the maiden killer, or Bluebeard. <gasps> Whoa, hold on a second. Hold your horses there. Whoa, Bluebeard. This ATU type is named after the story Bluebeard. Have you ever heard of the story Bluebeard? I've heard of Bluebeard. Not to be confused with Blackbeard, who was an Elizabethan pirate. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this is the final serial killer type story. And it's by far the most famous out of all of them. Okay. It's disappeared in recent years, but I think even quite deep into the 20th century, it was really famous. Okay. You'll find it mentioned in Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre, Stephen King's The Shining. <laughs> in The Shining, they read Bluebeard to the child, and it's kind of creepy and weird. Right, okay. It's also in Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, Really? Mr. Grey is referred to as Bluebeard at one point. So you see this <laughs> everywhere. It's, <laughs> it's a big player. Now, originally, the Brothers Grimm had Bluebeard as one of their fairy tales, but they erased it from their collection, right. which is why it's not on our list to do. So, Adam, it's technically a Brothers Grimm story. It's famous. Yeah. Shall we hear it? What? I get to hear Bluebeard? 
Should we do it? Yeah, absolutely. Bluebeard. A man lived in a forest with three sons and a beautiful daughter. One day, a magnificent carriage appeared and outstepped a king who asked the man if he may marry the daughter. The man said, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm summing it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> this is my version. <laughs> he seems all right. Why not? Yeah, go on, marry him. He's a king. However, there's one thing a little bit off. Mm-hmm. The king had a blue beard. That's which weird. Made you shudder if you looked at it. <laughs> it made you shudder. <laughs> Blue beard. But what the heck? You know, he's the yeah. king. The daughter was not into this, but no. she had to marry him. Uh, so she's about to head off with him. But before she left with Bluebeard, she said to her three brothers, if you hear me scream, drop what you're doing and come and help me. How are they going to hear her scream? She's got a pair of lungs on her. Yeah. She then drove off with Bluebeard to his castle. It's amazing there. Life's good. That blue beard, it, yeah, just, it's a bit it weird. just makes you fearful every time you look at it. Yeah, scary, isn't it, blue beards? Now, <laughs> now, one day he said to her, Honey, I've got to go on a long journey. While I'm away, you can go into any room you like, except oh, yeah. that one right there. Yeah. Which this little key unlocks. Oh, yeah, I've been here before. If you go in, you'll pay with your life. Oh, dear. So it's sounding quite familiar, yeah. right? After she checked out, so blue beard's gone. <laughs> she checked out. Can I have a late checkout, please? <laughs> Got a suitcase. <laughs> so Bluebeard's gone. She's uh, wandered around every room in yep. the castle. And the forbidden room eventually is the only one left that mm. she's not been to. She thought a little peek won't hurt. Yeah. And she unlocked the door with the key. Oh. Loads of blue beards. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wig. <laughs> oh my God. It's no. like diff- different colours. She just starts screaming. <laughs> and her brother's He's running. like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> it's my beard dye cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking pink next week. <laughs> no! No! Um, no, that's not what no, happened. No, that's not what happened. She opens the door. And it goes full on The Shining. Stream of blood flowed out of the room. (gasps) And there she saw dead women, some as skeletons, all just hanging along the wall in various states of decay. Oh, no. She slammed the door shut, but the key fell into the blood on the floor. And try as she might, she couldn't get the blood stain off the the key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eventually, she shoved it in some hay overnight. (laughs) (laughs) Just pop that in hay for four to six hours. She went on Wikipedia. (laughs) Wiki how? How do you get blood off a key? (laughs) Stick it in hay. Option one. So she's hoping it will absorb the blood off of it. Yeah. Next day, however, Bluebeard's back early. She didn't expect him back so soon. First thing he said, give me my keys back. Heart thundering. She, She hands them over the ring of keys. But he counts them one by one and he sees one one is missing. Where's the key to the secret room? Uh, It's just upstairs somewhere. I'll find it tomorrow. Get it now. I need it today. Oh, yeah, actually, I lost it in some hay. (laughs) And then he said, you didn't lose it. You put it in the hay hoping to get rid of the blood on it. You went in the room. Now you're going to enter it again. Prepare for your death. No. He took out his knife, ready to kill her. She said, let me say my prayers before I die, Bluebeard, please. He's like, fine, but hurry up. So she ran upstairs. He's thinking she's just going to pray a bit. But she threw open the window and cried, brothers, come help me. 
the brothers were chilling out in the forest with a bottle of wine. But then they heard the screams uh-huh. and they hopped on their horses and rode like thunder. Meanwhile, Bluebeard is like, are you done? My knife's sharpened now. Uh-huh. That's enough praying. I'm coming to get you. And he goes up the stairs. Here's Johnny. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He trudges up the stairs, bursts into her room, grabs her hair, raises the knife. <gasps> but just then the brothers crash into the room, hey. drew their sabers and took him down. She's saved. Yay. They then strung up Bluebeard in the bloody chamber with his victims. And they all went home with Bluebeard's treasures. The end. Lovely. Is beer blue? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't explained. <laughs> well, funny you should say that. Before we talk about Bluebeard, I think we found our own motif. Oh, so ATU have done a great job, Adam. But yeah, yeah, you're not criticising. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Dream Thompson or Uther? No, <laughs> they're all good. I think they're going to need to stick Hughes and Field on the end of that. Yeah, check this out. Weird beard. Weird beard. Bluebeard. Thrush beards. Thrush beards, yeah. Two weird beards in a weird row. Weird beards, yeah. I think we found a new uh, and motif. The both, both the weird beards were bad eggs, weren't they? <laughs> they were, they were <laughs> egg beards. <laughs> what do you think about this ATU type? Uh, uh, there's something to it. Yeah, we should keep an eye out, I think, for more for weird, more weird beards. beards. Yeah. So that's Bluebeard. That's, you know, very similar to Fitch's bird. More than the Robber Bridegroom, I'd say. You've got the Forbidden Chamber... And you've got the, the symbol that gives her away with the blood on it. Yeah. The brothers heard this Bluebeard story from the Hassenflug family, but they erased it. In their research notes for Fitch's bird, they tell us why they erased Bluebeard. We have indeed heard Bluebeard in German and have given it in the first edition. But as it only differs from Charles Perrault's Le Barbe Bleu, Bluebeard, by one or two omissions, and as the French story may have been known at the place where we heard the story, we have, in our uncertainty, not included it again. So the Hassenflugs were uh-huh. of French Huguenot stock as a family. Okay. So they were, they'd come to Germ- Germany as refugees right. when the Huguenots were being massacred in France. Yep. So they're kind of of French descent, and also the furthest back we can trace... Bluebeard is back to Perot. Perot yeah. So the Brothers Grimm thought, yeah, it's a bit, a bit French. French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, we can't be sure that it is an, a, a real German folktale. Mm-hmm. And also the other thing is, Bluebeard would have been very well known uh, in Germany anyway. Charles Perot's tales, his little collection of fairy tales, was, were famous across all of Europe. And we know that there was even a German play of Bluebeard had been made. Right. So we know that these things were available. So they would have been quite popular. The story would have been a famous story, basically. So, but rightly or wrongly, the Brothers Grimm link Bluebeard back to France and no further. And therefore they think, yeah, let's ditch it. So they're they're ditching it out of a sense of like purity in terms of they want to collect genuine, uh, you know, centuries old folklore mm-hmm. and nothing else Basically. german german specifically, specifically german german right 
Bluebeard, it's actually one of the most written about stories I've come across in doing research. It's definitely the most famous out of the three serial killer stories as well. <laughs> yeah. There's so much symbolism to play with. You know, it's really open to interpretation. So sure. I don't think we need to speculate on it too no. much. But one thing I thought is interesting is that some have speculated that Bluebeard might come from a real-life serial killer, Ooh. Giles Duray. So this guy is as famous in France as Jack the Ripper is in oh, the UK. Right. Okay. So Gilles Duray was a marshal of France serving closely under Joan of Arc in oh, the 15th wow. century wow. when they were fighting the English. However, when Joan of Arc was captured and killed, he retired to his estate and he got into the occult and black magic and he stole local children and murdered them oh, dear. before finally being caught and put to death in 1440. In so the 1400s, he yeah. was practicing dark magic. Yeah. So one theory is that the Bluebeard story is based on him. Mm -hmm. But it's perhaps more likely just a story that developed over generations, passed down by women, about anxieties around marriage and men. Mm -hmm. But what is interesting is that, you know, if we kind of think of Robert Bridegroom, Bluebeard and Fitch's Bird, all as the same one. It's the original serial killer story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, y I did think that the idea of he's got this secret place in his house and that's where he keeps his, but yeah. like it, it yeah. just has that feeling yeah. that we see in Hollywood films. I, w I must say, something that elevates Fitch's Bird over Bluebeard mm -hmm. is that in Fitch's Bird and in other stories, is very much the, the heroine that gets her out of the. Yeah. Like it's much more. Well, it's more empowering than just some brothers coming and saving you. 100%. So if you're looking for this sort of female agency, Bluebeard actually comes off the worst. Yes. But as I said, it is, honestly, it's the most famous one. Whereas Fitch's Bird, I'd never heard of. There's hardly anything out there on it. Yeah. But actually, Fitch's Bird, definitely, if, if, you're, yeah, if you're looking for an empowering story, far more than Bluebeard, I'd say. Yeah. Well, I think that leads us nicely onto the scores. I would say so. I love that story. Hey, really? I really love that Fantastic. story. Um, it's just nuts. If you've got a story <laughs> where a woman is smearing herself in honey and covering herself in feathers from the bed that she's just cut open, yeah. it's going to be rated high. Is it? She, and Yes. And, <laughs> and she's been given niche. an egg. And... There's a wizard. There's a wizard. It's I just, like there's, there's so many good things in there's this. There's a skull that's been decorated, yeah. like the Day of the Dead yeah. kind of thing. A skull at a window with some flowers yeah. around it. They go, oh, that's my wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, hi, birds. <laughs> hi, Fitch's bird. You just left my house. Yeah, it's a woman covered in feathers. Like, oh, no, I'm not your wife. I'm the bird from your house. <laughs> your wife's cluck. looking out the window. It's insane. It's insane. And mm. because of that... It's going to be... I'm going to give it... Oh, you're straight into the score. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry, okay. but I'm just... I'm going to give it... Do you want to know it. what you gave the Robert Bridegroom? Go on. 7.5. Oh, wow. So it was pretty high. I'm what, gonna, I'm what, what are you flirting with? I'm flirting with a, a very good-looking number nine. Oh, covered in honey. But Yeah, it is covered in honey and feathers. But over there, it's a quite a nice 8.5, so I don't know. 
I'm going to be safe and say an 8.5. That's a solid score, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 8.5. Go on, Matt. The pressure's on you now. The pressure's on, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I did occur to me, I thought, is this a bit of a hidden gem? Mm -hmm. You know, because if you want full-on horror, but with minimal sexism, this could be the wife-killing story for you. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Is it like the, it's the one that got away? Yeah. Everyone's talking about Bluebeard all the time. Yeah, no, no, this is better than Bluebeard. I think it is, yeah. yeah. Ultimately, I do like, if we, if we think of those three stories, those three ATU types, as kind of the same story. Mm -hmm. I like the wife killer story. Yeah, of course you do. Because they end with a woman escaping marriage and killing the husband, which is the exact opposite of what we normally get in a fairy tale. They marry and live happily ever after. Right, yeah, yeah, So yeah, I yeah. really like that as a trope, because yeah. it's, it's kind of the exact opposite. Yeah. I gave the Robert Bridegroom an eight. Oh, so you were more generous. So I, I'm happy that mine mm. is a whole point above what I gave Robert Bridegroom. I feel like a 7.5, but I think I might match it to the Robert Bridegroom because I think what one's lacking in one magical madness, mm. the other is lacking in real, like, edge tension. of the seat tension. Yeah. So I'm going to give it an eight. Wow. And match the Robert Bridegroom. Okay, 16.5 in Ooh. total. Decent score, I'd say. That's a high score. That's the highest one of the series so far. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Well, I mean, it was a great story. Well, before we go, our competition is still ongoing, in case you haven't heard yet. You can win a copy of Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, illustrated by Arthur Rackham. Very nice. Uh, courtesy of the vintage book publishers Poop Press. And a piece of Grim Reading merchandise. Yes. And I think we can now reveal what that merchandise <laughs> yeah. will be. Because we we've figured it out. Uh, we finally figured it out. We probably should have done that beforehand in the summer, but <laughs> we didn't. Uh, but we can reveal, as well as the wonderful book from Poop Press, you can win a poster, a Grim Reading poster. So Whoa. that's a piece of merch that's not currently available to Patreon members. Bit of brand new grim <laughs> reading uh, <laughs> memorabilia. So if you already have a mug or a t-shirt, don't worry. Don't worry, we've got Still a poster worth for you. Entering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a beautiful book and a poster. Yeah, exactly. So how can I how can I win that well, massive amazing bundle, Adam? Matt, thanks for asking. To win, get in touch with your answer to the following question. Out of all the scores we've given to the stories so far, what has been the greatest injustice on grim reading? Now interestingly. We mentioned the Hare's Bride in this episode, yeah. which is basically a version of Fitch's Bird. Yeah. Crazy. That is our lowest scoring story of all time. And I know, I know some people who think that is a massive injustice. <laughs> well, tell them to get in touch. <laughs> they really should. Email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, tweet us. Direct message us on Instagram, Facebook. You can get in touch on our WordPress. You can leave comments on That's Podbean. That's true. Anything you like. Just let us know what you think is a big injustice in our scoring. There's a leaderboard table on our Podbean site and on our WordPress site on the homepage. So yep. it has all the rankings of all the stories from top to bottom, highest to lowest, from The Hare's Bride all the way up to Hansel and Gretel as our highest scoring story. So just let us know. And then we will announce the winner in our Christmas episode in December. Lovely. And the winner, we're getting a lovely poster and a wonderful book from Poop Press. What a Christmas present. <laughs> it's a great Christmas present that's probably going to arrive in the new year. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. So what have we got coming up next, Adam? 
Well, we've got... Next time. Jorinda and Joringle. Or Jorinda and Joringle. No idea. There's going to be a lot of debate next (laughs) next time on Grim Reading. (laughs) It's not how you say it, man. (laughs) I'm excited. I mean, I'm totally clueless as to what that could be about. So I'm very excited. Well, I'll see you next time. In the meantime, keep it grim. Keep it grim. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grand.